With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstrup. High surf started pounding Jamaica's coast as Hurricane Matthews edging closer. The powerful storm with 145-mile-an-hour winds expected to reach eastern Jamaica on Monday. From Kingston, correspondent Howard Campbell reports people are very concerned about flooding. In the capital of Kingston, about three weeks ago, there was a like a freak. The drains in a lot of the capital are not proper. You know, they are not adequate. Haiti, Cuba, and the Bahamas also at risk. The U.S. Navy base at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, evacuating non-essential personnel. Forecasters say it's too soon to say what impact, if any, the storm might have on Florida or other parts of the East Coast. Also at SRNNews.com, members of Congress are back in their home districts to campaign in advance of Election Day. But when they come back, they still have a lot of work to do. Linda Kenyon reports from Washington. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says first and foremost will be funding the federal government. But after that, he'd like to focus on the 21st Century Cures Act. The bill aims to speed up the approval process for drugs and medical devices. And Senator McConnell says there's a lot of support for it. The president's interested in it, precision medicine. The vice president's interested in it, cancer moonshot. I'm interested in it, regenerative medicine. There are a lot of us who are deeply invested in that. The House has already passed the 21st Century Cures Act. Linda Kenyon, Capitol Hill. On the stump in Novi, Michigan yesterday, Donald Trump says the black community won't vote for Hillary Clinton because they know she won't help them. They're too smart, and they know they are being used. They're tired of it. And Donald Trump once again questioning the integrity of the U.S. voting system, encouraging supporters to visit polling locations Election Day, saying, go to your place and vote, then go pick some other place and go sit there with your friends and make sure it's on the up and up. This is SRN News. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Call 1-800-990-6976. concerned about outliving your money? How would you like to have guaranteed growth in a lifetime of income you could never outlive? Join Brett Roby for the Retirement and Income Radio Show on Saturday from 1130 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS. You can also call Brett Roby now for your free customized safe information money kit and 115-page safe money book at 866-780-7233. That's 866-780-7233. 866-780-SAFE. Take your home like it is and let us help you make it like you want it. Hi, Dan Cicchini, Dunright Kitchens and Baths, Windows and Doors. We've been doing just that for over 30 years now. 800-362-8370 or drhi.com. Dear John, uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious and I can quit whenever I want. But when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. To get your high blood pressure to a healthy range, visit heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. 
The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg. With your host, psychologist Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics. Brought to you by SSI Guardian, Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well. To learn more about the show or Dr. Peg's mental health consulting and publishing services, visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Listeners, it's great to be with you today for another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. We're coming to you from Denver, Colorado on 94.7 KRKS and streaming around the world on 947KRKS.com. And you can also download the KRKS app to listen live on your smartphone. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, be sure to go to drpegradio.com. That's D-R-P-E-G, radio.com, for the program archives. Well, the massacre at Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, where nine people were killed, is just one recent example of violence that's occurred at churches and other places of worship. Does your church have an emergency response plan for an active shooter or other crisis situation? To make sure that your church is safe, minister and retired police officer Jimmy Meeks is here with us on the phone from Texas to share some vital information for church leadership and congregations. This is an episode that you'll want to make sure you share with your church pastor and administrators uh, on the podcast or call them real quick and have them listen on the radio. Jimmy Meeks, thank you for being with me today and welcome to the program. Well, it's a privilege uh, to be on today, Dr. Clark, and greetings from the great state of Texas. I always like to throw that in. Absolutely. We love Texas. Well, Jimmy, I met you about a year ago. You came to Denver, to the Potter's House of Denver, to do your Sheepdog Mm. uh, Church Safety Seminars, and uh, it just was an absolute uh, delight to meet you and your team that you brought with you, just full of energy, full of information, full of the word and a passion to keep the people safe. And you've served 35 years in law enforcement where you were a hostage negotiator, field training officer, school resource officer, detective, supervisor, and crime prevention officer. And you've also been a minister for over 42 years. I think it's safe to say you've probably seen it all. Well, I think I have, and in (laughs) some ways I I hope I have. I don't really know what what else it would be to see, even though I would. Uh, never compare my own experience to that of our soldiers fighting overseas and what they have to witness and what our brothers and sisters who are of the faith have to face when they uh, are encountered by a, an ISIS terrorist. I, I haven't seen anything like that, but in the world of police in 35 years, you, you know, hope that that's the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you make some, some good observations that we're just living in troubling times, violent times, um, but uh, you have a message of hope as well, and, and I, I know that uh, the listeners will appreciate what you have to share. Now, Jimmy, on your website, you say there are three kinds of people in the world, wolves, sheep, and sheepdogs, and you say that most people are sheep. Explain what you mean by that. 
Well, uh, I'm sure some of your listeners, Dr. Clark, will remember the movie American Sniper. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene there. As a matter of fact, uh, one of our presenters, Colonel Grossman, gave them permission uh, to use that because it's not in Chris Kyle's book, Chris Kyle being the subject of the movie American Sniper. But if you recall, he tells his two sons, you know, boys, there's three kinds of people in the world, wolves, sheep, and sheepdogs. But most of the world are sheep. Probably 98% of the world, that's not a scientific guess, but 98% of the world is probably sheep. And sheep are people who just, you know, they love life, you know, and we all do. They they love peace. They're not likely to uh, get involved in conflict. Uh, they would be the people that you would see perhaps at the scene of uh, the terrorist attacks in 9-11. You know, they're running from the buildings. They're screaming. They're hollering. They're going. And we have no judgment or criticism of those people. That's that's the way people are. I wish life was like what they think it is. It's just not. But uh, unfortunately, there are wolves. You know, that's what we saw in 9-11 and you know, what we saw in, in, even in Charleston. There are wolves, people who will come in, who will fly planes into buildings. They will kill. They will devour sheep. We're driven by hate and sometimes for even less reasons than that. And, uh, and they're a small percentage. I mean, most of the uh, crime committed in the world or even in the country you know, is committed by the same people over and over. Three to four percent of the population is you know, the wolf-like person. But the wolf focuses on physical safety where, you know, a semi-wolf, for lack of a better term, would you know, steal your money, your paycheck or whatever. But there are those wolves who will destroy people, and they do that often. I mean, we have a lot of violence in our country every day, and uh, – now, they are the guys responsible for that. We have a thousand, you know, a thousand women are assaulted every day. Twenty-three hundred children sexually molested every day. So these are the activities of the wolf. But fortunately for the sheep, is the uh, the nightmare of the wolf is the sheepdog. You know, the sheepdog, just like in a pasture where there are sheep, it's the sheep who are sheepdog who protect those sheep who get in the way of the wolf when he shows up. He'll go after the wolf. He'll fight. And there's many analogies you could use, but that's the one that we adhere to and that Colonel Grossman likes to use and that I've grown quite fond of. So the, the sheepdog is simply that individual who uh, it's kind of like what we saw. I'm, I'm 20 minutes from downtown Dallas, Dr. Mm-hmm. Clark. You know what happened there a month ago. Mm-hmm. Five police officers dead. Well, if you watch a lot of the video, you see all these sheep running away from the gunfire. But you see these sheepdogs these Dallas police officers running toward, um, you know, the gunfire. Uh, three of those Dallas cops jumped on top of the woman who had been shot to protect her and shield her from any other gunfire. That's what sheepdogs do. They love people and they protect mm-hmm. innocent life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, and we know that um, sheepdogs can also be civilians. We, we thank God for our uh, police oh, officers yes. who put their lives yes. on the line, and we know there are as well civilians who are in that role of sheepdog. Yeah, not and not everybody that would don a uniform and have a gun and uh, have a badge and a commission card in their pocket. Not every police officer is uh, always a sheepdog, and mm. some of them find that out the difficult way. I mean, there's a lot of police officers who've, you know, in the last couple of years uh, that have said no, no more. You know, a lot of a lot of police departments. You know, Dallas recently canceled its third police department. Excuse me, third police academy. You know, because they can't find enough qualified people. Mm. 
So not everybody wants to to do that, even once they are in that position where they are supposed to do it. Yeah, it sounds like a, a model for Jesus, someone willing to lay their life on the line. Um, and as the Bible says, for a friend. And so um, we we see the evil in the world um, in the form of the wolves. And I would count myself as one of the sheep. <laughs> and like you said, no judgment in that, that um, we're just seeking to go about our day-to-day lives and maybe sometimes oblivious with our heads down, uh, grazing uh, in the pasture, and that's what today's show is about, is at least for the sheep to have their eyes open and uh, be aware that there are wolves in the world and um, be aware that, thank God, there are sheepdogs as well willing to help to keep us safe. And I would count you as one of those people, Jimmy Meeks. Indeed. And I think this, you know, it's uh, it's an honor to be like that. I mean, that's I think that's what a man you know, it's supposed to do. I saw an article yesterday, Dr. Clark. I didn't get to read it all, but I'm curious and anxious to read it. And it talks about how men are becoming weaker, even physically. Mm. And I've noticed, I've noticed, you know, lesser kids seem to go out for football, not that you need to play football, but we do have a generation of youngsters coming up who who want to just play on a smartphone or an iPad who don't want to go outside. And uh, I'm older than you, but I know that. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, you came home from football practice, you ate supper and went outside and played football. You didn't <laughs> think about staying inside. You you actually had to go outside, and you wanted to. And it would be 100 degrees, but you didn't care. You, um, you, know, you were a man. And I think that, and, and not that men who don't want to do that are not men. I don't mean that at all. But I think we're made that way. I think being made in the image of God, and the Scripture says he created us in his image, and his image includes a word that we are trying to remove from men today. There's a strong movement to remove the word warrior. Hmm. And Exodus 15.3 says the Lord is a warrior. You know, and he is a he's a warring God. When you study what he did to bring his people out of Egypt into the promised land, he fought for them. And we read the same thing where he makes the sun stand still and the moon stand still over in the book of Joshua when he fought for his people. And the scripture says for, and I quote, for truly the Lord was fighting for Israel. Warriors fight. Mm. And I think being made in God's image includes what we can learn from, I take Genesis 2, verse 15, where it says, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and keep it. And that Hebrew word for keep, Dr. Clark, means to defend, protect, Mm. and save life. Amen. He put Adam in that garden and said, boy, I want you to protect this place. You're made in my image. And that doesn't mean we go pick fights. That doesn't mean we go start nothing. Sheepdogs don't want to pick fights. You know, they don't want to do violence. They just have that ability to rise to the occasion when they encounter it. They don't go looking for violence. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, it comes your way. And when you come across it, then you act because mm-hmm. you are a sheepdog and you love. And you have this image in you, this image of God. Amen. And you're a, uh, your protective instincts kick in, and you don't want to see people hurt. I get asked this all the time. Why do y'all do this? We love people. Mm. I've seen the effect of violence on people, and it, and it hurts for years and years to come. Some people, many people, never recover from a violent, traumatic event. Yes. They'll never be the same in Charleston. And and I've been in that room where he killed those people. Mm. I've seen the bullet holes in the wall. They will never be the same. Yes. 
and you say that sheepdog is as we all are is made in the image image of God and we know God is love and I I hear the love in in you in your voice and your passion Jimmy and meeting you in person here in Denver uh, that was quite evident your motive is love love of the people uh, or the sheep so to speak and so I just thank you uh, f- for that passion uh, you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Peg. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, and my guest today is Jimmy Meeks. He's a church safety expert with a background, a long background in law enforcement as well as a minister of the gospel, and he's sharing with you about the wolves, the sheep, and the sheepdog and just the heart of God that's that's reflected in that sheepdog. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor SSI Guardian, but when we come back, you'll we'll hear more from uh, Jimmy Meeks on what all of this means for the church, what all of this means for your church. We're talking with Jimmy Meeks. I'm Dr. Pegg. Stay with us. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with church safety expert Jimmy Meeks. Uh, Jimmy, thank you again for being with us. This is so interesting and so important. It's an honor to be on there. Thank you so much. Yes. So, Jimmy, we're talking about the sheep the wolves and the sheep dogs, and what does all of this mean for the church today? Well, you know, the Bible calls, Dr. Clark, it calls God's people sheep. And it says of sheep, like sheep, we tend to stray. And sheep have a tendency to get themselves into situations where uh, they can't get out of it. Sometimes they're fatal. And there's uh, tons of interesting stories out there about literal physical sheep who get into binds that... Um, they can't get themselves out of it. Sometimes, as I said, they're fatal. But uh, you know, I often said in my seminars, you'll never go to the, you'll never go to a circus and see a sheep act. <laughs> uh, they'll have every animal. I mean, you can train a grasshopper, so I'm exaggerating, but you cannot train a sheep. <laughs> I had a friend whose aunt owned sheep one time, Dr. Clark, and she looked out the window, and the sheep, one after another, were all jumping into the swimming pool and drowning. Oh my! And she ran out there and got them out, and they got back in line and jumped in the pool. <laughs> in an attempt to drown. And sheep tend to, tend to do things like that. They they really need a shepherd mm. to guide them, and they need a sheep dog to protect them. And that's what um, that's what we try to emphasize in our seminars, is that not all of the people in your congregation, uh, you know, have a sheep dog mentality. Most of them are sheep, and uh, probably most of them have never been victimized by violence or 
Some have. We, we are finding that out all the time. I mean, it's a horrifying thought, Dr. Clark, and you probably know this, but 60% of our young girls in this country will be sexually molested before they're 18 years old. That's three out of five. That's pretty uh, horrendous and, and, and alarming. So we need those sheepdogs to step in there and, you know, educate, not just protect, but educate uh, those women. Uh, one out of five men or of 20% of men are also sexually assaulted before they're 18. So they need that guidance of a shepherd and a protection of a sheepdog. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier that the majority of crimes are committed by a very small percentage of people. And I know that to be a fact with um, with uh, child uh, sexual abuse, that it's, it's any one predator, um, pedophile, has molested sometimes hundreds of children. Yes. So, um, I know pedophiles that have struck 1,200 times mm, before they were caught. Yeah. And so we'll, of pedophiles. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that topic specifically in a later segment. So say more about what all this means for the church. And you, you've got evidence that justifies why churches need to have safety practices. Many, uh, again, kind of like sheep, if you, it's no criticism. It's just our nature. We try to, we tend to put our heads in the sand. We don't want to face the facts that we are living in a violent world. One of the reasons I'm doing this program is uh, to help people become more aware of the threats and then have strategies to protect ourselves and our families. Indeed. We, we submit, if it's okay to talk about this, three pieces of evidence mm-hmm. at our seminars as to why you need to have some kind of security practices and measures in place at your house of worship. Probably no one does that better in your area, in Denver, than the Potter's House. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they understand this. The pastor understands this. And they've done articles and specials about the Potter's House there in Denver because they do understand these things. But the three pieces of evidence said in no particular order, one of them could simply be the um, statistical evidence. I mean, since 1999, the year of the Columbine massacre there, there where you are, mm-hmm. I, mean, I know you remember that. Yes. But since that year, over 630 people have died a violent death on church and faith-based property. That's uh, Some people say, well, Jimmy, that's, that's just not very many. I agree, and let's try to keep it that way. But that doesn't mean that because the number is not astronomical that we don't need to do anything yet. And I would put that number up against, and this is something we encourage people to do, when you look at the number of so-called school shootings, add up all those numbers since 1999, since the year of Columbine, the number of deaths at churches are either neck and neck or slightly ahead. Mm-hmm. That means that somebody or that people are, just as many people are dying a violent death. That's going to be by being shot to death, uh, strangled to death, uh, beaten to death. I know a preacher that was beaten to death with a guitar mm. in Fort Worth, Texas a few years back. Um, knifed, you know, or stabbed to death. When you add up all those deaths, though, just as many, if not more, people are dying on church and faith-based property. So we tell people, Dr. Clark, that we're not talking about a storm, a tropical storm or hurricane that is out at sea. We're talking about something that has hit our shores, that has hit our shores in the last 15, 16 years, and is slowly spreading across the country. So that's the statistical evidence. I mean, last year we lost 76 people that we know of. Now, remember, much crime, FBI will tell you this, much crime does not go reported. Right. Many sexual assaults, more commonly known as rapes, 
uh, don't go reported for one reason or another. Much crime simply doesn't go reported. But we know of at least 637 people uh, through March of this year, we haven't even added April, May, et cetera, that have died a violent death. So there's the statistical evidence. And then there's the scriptural evidence, which that's my specialty, actually being a, a licensed minister and a preacher and what have you, is that, you know, what does the Bible have to say? Because Christians, I have learned some of them, not all of them. My wife corrected me for this earlier. Be careful how you say this. Mm-hmm. But Christians sometimes are more superstitious than they are spiritual. Mm. They believe that if you have a building that you call church and you put a steeple slash cross on top of it, you somehow or another have entered into the house of God, and he will protect it. And that is superstition. If you read your scripture, and I've read it through 500 times, I was up this morning at 5, 6 o'clock digging in that word. I love the word of God. But it makes it very clear that he does not dwell in temples made with hands. Now, I don't want to be the one to start this movement because it'll never get off the ground, but we need a movement that says, let's get back to the scriptural truth that the temple of God is the body that you live in. God, by his spirit through Christ, lives inside of you. Amen. There is no promise that he's going to protect your building. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, uh, be on your guard against men. They will flog you, harm you, in the house of worship. Mm. Now, some people say that's not what that means. It's telling you to be on your guard because violence is a potential, a Mm -hmm. possibility, Mm -hmm. at a house of worship. And putting a steeple on top of it doesn't guarantee or ensure your safety. And what do we say if people say, now he'll protect you while you're at the house of worship? What do we say? I think I mentioned this earlier. 2012 in Nigeria, 1,000 churches burned to the ground. Mm. What do we say to these people uh, that are victimized by these things, to the 57 people who were blown up in Iraq a couple of years back uh, at a church service? What do we say to Wedgwood Baptist, 20 minutes from where I'm sitting, when a man walked in there in 99 and gunned down 14, killing seven? You know, what do we say to the church that I was married in, where a man walked in 36 years ago and shot 15 and killed five after shouting, this is war, during the morning worship service? Mm-hmm. So people are dying, terrible deaths, uh, some of them just awful. I mean, they're all awful, but some of them are just, you couldn't make this stuff up. So we show the, the scriptural evidence that the Lord tells us, you know, to be on our guard. And we see, I, I love the way Jesus also practiced what I call crime prevention. Now, John 7, 1 tells us that he did not go down to Judea because the men there were looking to kill him. Hmm. I find that interesting, Dr. Clark, that here's Jesus who could go anywhere, who could deal with anybody, who never allowed fear to govern his life, but said, you know, I'm not going down there because they'll kill me. And, as he said in John 10, no man takes my life. I lay it down when I'm ready. In other words, I will not be uh, a victim. I will not die until it is time. When it was time and Peter tried to stop him, you know, he told the devil to get behind him when it was time. He would die on purpose. And I could just go on and on with scriptures. I mean, one of the scriptures we love to share is is in Proverbs 23 and Proverbs 27, where it tells us the prudent person foresees danger Mm. and takes precautions. The simpleton ignores them and suffers the consequences. There are people that die every day. 5,000 Americans a day lose their life. Many of them would not die if they had simply taken the precaution. Mm -hmm. In other words, gee, why didn't you 
you know, put your seatbelt on there. It'll throw you out of the car and kill you. I know many people in the grave that would still be with us if they had been seatbelted in. Yeah. Um, you can't just lay that on the railroad track and say, if it's not my time to go, I'm not going. No, you're going. <laughs> yes. If there's a train coming, you're gone. And, but Christians seem to uh, be real naive about this. You know, well, you're not going to die until it's your time. I guarantee you hundreds of people die every day that would not have died if they had simply practiced self-control when they're at a dinner table, if mm. that makes any sense. Yes, absolutely. I mean, cholesterol will kill you, and, and people are dying because we're putting poison in our body that we know better, you know, drug addicts and what have you. And, and some people who are not drug addicts, they just eat terrible. And I can't say a whole lot about that because I <laughs> have my own battles, but uh, we probably could live longer. So we, we, we give this, you know, the scriptural evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we, so we give the statistical evidence. We give the, uh, the scriptural evidence. We also give the sex crimes evidence. Mm. At, at one point in the last decade of this present century, there was a three-year period where every day of the week, there were 23 sex crimes reported at non-Catholic churches. That's not counting the Catholic disaster that we all know about, that we've been hearing about for years. Wow. That means when you add all that up, let's just say that only half of that is true. You're talking 3,500 sex crimes every year at a house of worship or somewhere on their property. Mm. And 50% of these crimes committed by a volunteer at the church, 30% committed by somebody on the staff. So even if you take away, and I've had people say, Jimmy, you're more likely to be struck by lightning five times than be shot to death at church. You are correct. But every hour and a half, give or take a few minutes, somebody is the victim of a sex crime in a church-related scenario. Wow. Jimmy, let me interrupt you there. Gosh. Yes, ma'am. That's disturbing. We're out of time for this segment. Uh, My guest is Jimmy Meeks. We'll be right back talking about church safety This is Living Well with Dr. Pegg, brought to you by SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advance. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. More Zika-carrying mosquitoes have been captured in Miami Beach, this time in a new neighborhood. It's the first capture of Zika-carrying mosquitoes in two weeks. Hurricane Matthew is slowing a bit, drifting slightly to the south as it meanders across the Caribbean. However... Its winds down a bit to 140 miles an hour. Still, forecasters warn it's very powerful and expected to blast parts of Jamaica, Haiti, and Cuba. Ahead of the Homeland Security Department says hackers have made their way into the state election systems in a few cases, but the federal government hasn't found any manipulation so far of voting information. Jay Johnson says 21 states have contacted the agency for help in safeguarding their election systems, and he's hoping there'll be more requests for cybersecurity assistance. Federal officials say it would be nearly impossible for hackers to alter the outcome of a national election. This is SRN News. Join Colorado Community Church as they host an Ethiopian mission trip fundraiser Friday, October 7th from 5.30 to 10 p.m. Your support helps orphans, helps obtain Bibles, and helps conduct conferences of men training to end violence and abuse towards women and children. All attendees can enter into a drawing to win two round-trip tickets anywhere in the U.S. Also, Broncos tickets to the New Year's Day Raiders game and more. There's a silent auction with signed Bronco items and a variety of gift baskets, plus a free chili dinner will be served. For more information, visit krks.com on the events page. See you Friday, October 7th from 5.30 to 10 p.m. Colorado Indoor Billboard Network, providing small business an affordable way to promote and brand their business in the Denver metro area. www.coibn.com proudly presents the Godly Sign Show. Join Alan Davis Saturdays 
4.30 p.m. on 94.7 FM KRKS or download the mobile app where Alan and his guests share their thoughts on local Colorado businesses. Hey everyone, it's Eric and Angel inviting you to check out experiencepros.deals.com. New offers will be added frequently, so make sure you continue to check back with what offers are available. 50% off all the time at experiencepros.deals.com. Again, experiencepros.deals.com. This is the online marketplace where everything, yes, everything is listed for half price. Who doesn't love a good deal? We will even feature a pro pick of the week every single week. Inglewood, Colorado, 1947. Mr. Anderson opens a small shop and repairs vacuums. He knows the ins and outs of all seven brands popular at the time. Inglewood, Colorado, now. Anderson's Vacuum still exists, still serving what they sell, including brands like Miele, Sibo, Auric, Dyson, Shark, and more. Try them. Test them. Find your favorite. Anderson's Vacuum has grown to become one of the largest dealers in sales and service. The knowledge and experience is unmatched. Visit a legend. Anderson's Vacuum in Inglewood at andersonsvacuum.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guest today is Jimmy Meeks, church security expert. He's got a long history in law enforcement. He's also a licensed minister. He has the heart of God for the people. He's a sheepdog himself. And it's just a pleasure and honor to have you on the program today, Jimmy. Thank you so much. Oh, what a privilege to be on. And you, we can learn more about your work, Jimmy, uh, at sheepdogseminars.com. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. That's a shortcut that will get you there, sheepdogseminars or even sheepdogseminar.com. It'll get you there. Okay, excellent. Well, um, let, let's um, – uh, we were talking about uh, sex crime evidence as that third piece of evidence, why the church needs a safety plan. And we'll, we'll elaborate on that in our last segment, especially talking about yes, uh, ch- child molestation, which is something we all need to be aware of so that we can prevent it from happening. Um, you, you also write on your website that there are four types of people that can bring tremendous harm to the church. And, of course, we're not stereotyping or overgeneralizing, no. but these are yes. just things to look out for. I call them red flags. And, again, we don't want to be on a witch hunt. We don't want to um, pigeonhole. But what are those um, four categories? And, and you can explain more about it, what you mean. Well, yeah, I, I came to this conclusion based on just reading all these stories. And, and Carl Chen is such an expert on mm-hmm. this. He's, He's here in Colorado. Dr. Clark. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, about an hour or so from me down there in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. But he uh, you know, he documents all this violence. And many times it is linked, almost every time, it's linked to one of these four type of people. And uh, so I just kind of put them out there, and I share this with people. They always find it interesting. And it's not difficult to come to these conclusions, but number one, I noticed uh, angry people are potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. And the scripture confirms that over and over. I mean, Cain gets mad because God rejects his gift. He doesn't talk to God about why. He doesn't seek correction. He just gets mad. He pouts. God comes to him, hey, Cain, you need to, you know, your sin's crouching at the door here, boy. You better be careful. Well, Cain doesn't talk. Instead, he allows his anger to continue. And then, of course, we know how that story ends. He kills his brother. And 4,000 years later, when the Apostle John comments on this, 
He says, don't be as Cain who killed his brother because he was of the devil. And that's a powerful statement because when you allow anger to linger, you're opening the doors to the dark side. And the scripture says in Ephesians 4.26, be angry yet do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Everybody loves that verse, but what about the next one, 427? Do not give Satan a foothold. And a foothold or a beachhead is what he can get when he has a man or a woman who is angry, who's been offended by something. We've documented so many stories of people who were angry. I mean, in uh, Spokane, Washington, a couple of years ago, an angry man, he admitted, he said, I am mad and angry at God, gets in his car, drives it right through the church building into the choir loft. Mm. And that's what the caption of the paper read, man, angry and mad at God drives car mm. through church. Mm. So when anger's not dealt with, you can have some terrible effects. And then we talk about the mentally disturbed. And I hasten to add, as you did, not all mentally disturbed people are violent. Uh, not at all. And I'm not even really sure how to word that. But there are some people who suffer from uh, a psychosis, and you're actually should be interviewing yourself at this point because <laughs> this is your expertise. But, but there are some people who are mentally disturbed to the point that violence is the only recourse they know. I saw that they can reason. I think we'll see more of this too, Dr. Clark, because Jesus said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. And the, the word wax cold there in the Greek gives us the word psych, psychosis. Mm. So when you see sin abounding, it hardens hearts, turns them cold and psychotic. Wow. And uh, there are just uh, angry people, you know, that... Uh, uh, well, of course, we've already talked about the angry, but there are those who are so mentally disturbed that they've crossed that line, and they're in that arena or atmosphere of thinking, uh, I've got to hurt somebody. Right. The only way out in this situation. Right. And we've read how many stories do we read like that. Yeah. And then we also talk about the greedy. I mean, there are people who are simply greedy. You know, Paul said the love of money is the root of all evil. So there are people, and we see this all the time, that will go to churches and rob people. In uh, Arkansas, two or three years ago, um, two men went to a small church on a Sunday morning. They walked into the sanctuary. There was only about 17, 20 people in there. They robbed every one of them. You know, now they're all traumatized from having been robbed while in, quote, the house of God, uh, so to speak. Uh, they came outside. They fired off a couple of rounds. So you have to watch for the greedy. And, uh, you know, and it's hard to watch for them because you never know. Greed is something that you can conceal until you act it out. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, I also talk about the, and we've already touched on it, but the sexual predator will certainly hurt you. Uh, he will find a way to isolate you, to groom you. We can talk more about that later. You know, that uh, because the sex crimes are such a problem on faith-based properties. Mm-hmm. Wow. And again, um, I think uh, you provide a lot of anecdotal evidence to support uh, this way of looking at people who are um, can bring tremendous harm to the church. And um, as you pointed out, I'm always quick to remind people that not all mentally ill people are violent, as you stated. And in fact, most violent people are not men mentally ill. And mentally ill people are more likely to be a Not victim of a crime. They're more likely to be victimized than to be the perpetrator of a crime. And yet we do see 
in many of the uh, publicized uh, acts of violence that uh, there has been some uh, role that mental illness has played. And so all the more reason for heightened awareness uh, on mental health problems, uh, increased funding and services for people who are mentally ill. So, Jimmy, let's... Yeah, we um, really do. Yeah, let's... let's if I, if mm-hmm, go ahead. Oh, I apologize, Doc. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were through talking. I, I was just going to say, too, with mentally illness, mental illness uh, we encourage churches. We beg churches. I think I have like a 2% success rate in it with all my pleadings to become knowledgeable and educated about the mental, uh, the mentally disturbed and mental illnesses. There's so much available uh, out there. There's plenty of information in the Denver, Colorado area. And many people who are eager and willing to come to your church and educate you on this stuff. Uh, not all of this can just be solved by having a concealed weapon, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Well, that's... I get that from people all the time. Jimmy, I've got my concealed gun and hmm. my, my license. Like, Whoa, hold on a minute. So if somebody's mentally disturbed, you think you can go straight to deadly force? That's dangerous mm-hmm. and probably evidence that you don't need to be on the security team <laughs> yeah, at your yeah. church. Yes, absolutely. You need to educate yourself first. It's like you did about that gun, you know, the four gun rules and all that. Now you need to understand what bipolar means and schizophrenia and depression. We got nine million people in the country suffering from depression. Many of them are in church, <laughs> and they're not—they're not a threat at all. Right. But you need to be educated on this because mentally ill people are—you know—God's people too, and they—we uh, beg churches, Doctor Clark, to have—you know—if you have a, a large group of people mentally disturbed or start a re- I don't know what you would call it, a recovery group, a mm-hmm. meeting or something. Give them the chance to, to to receive ministry and what have you. Absolutely. Well, um, you're speaking to the Amen Choir. That's that's one of my missions and goals. And part of why I'm on the radio is um, focusing on mental health, wellness, and safety is the theme of the Living Well with Dr. Pegg show. And I'm, as you know, I'm a clinical psychologist, and this is what I do. I try yeah. to educate people on recognizing and responding to uh, mental health problems. So how do you know when well, a loved one... Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we did the seminar in May of 2015 at the, the Potter's House, mm-hmm. I passed out your material. I'm curious, how many churches contacted you after we put those flyers in those hundreds of hands? Not too many, one or two. Not too many. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's my point. Yeah. Church. Yeah. Get serious about this stuff. That's right. Well, I'm doing my part. I know you're doing your part, and um, just takes uh, two. We can we can uh, make a difference with what we're doing, and the information yes. you're providing today is is part of that um, process. So let's talk about if we've got the ear of a of a church leader uh, who's listening right now, or or a member of a congregation who's going to go back and talk to their pastor and plead them. We need to be educated about safety and mental health and other issues. We need a safety plan. We Does your church even have an emergency response plan or emergency action plan? So if you're listening today and you're not sure or you know the answer is no, um, pay close attention to the information Jimmy's going to provide and feel free to reach out to him at sheepdogseminars.com. So Jimmy, tell us, uh, we just have a little bit of time in this segment left, about two minutes. Uh, tell us what are the elements of a, an emergency action plan for a church, what does it what does it need to include? What's the what, when, where, how, who, why? <laughs> I think we've talked about the why. Well, I'll tell you, uh, 
if I may add this, I'm not sure it's water why, but I remember after the Charleston tragedy getting a call from Time Magazine and the AP, Associated Press, and they simply wanted to know, do you have any tips, uh, safety tips for churches? I said, yes, I have the best one in the history of safety tips. And they laughed at me and said, okay, what is it? And I said, wake up. Mm. Yep. <laughs> because if you don't have people in your congregation that are awakened, that have woke up in reference to the day in which we live. I don't want to exaggerate it. Many things are exaggerated, Dr. Clark. Uh, the truth is gun violence has been going down for about 40 years. Mm. Uh, Chicago used to lose over 1,000 people a year, and now uh, there's, a, there's a rise again, but it has been cut in half, and there is a lot of things going down. We don't want to exaggerate, but there's enough out there that all awaken God's people to the fact that you know, we ought to have something in place because the criminal doesn't care where you are. You know, I mentioned those deaths earlier, 630-plus. Over 120 of them are domestic violence-related. Mm-hmm. There are men so angry at their wife. They don't care if they're in there worshiping. They'll come in there and gun them down. So the best tip we give people, we believe, at our seminars is we harp on this to the point of tears and shouting and whatever we got to do is to wake up. You have to have one or two people, and it's usually the church staff that's, uh, this is my experience, I mean, no judgment here, and it usually seems to be the church staff that has the greatest difficulty with this. And they get mad at us for coming to town, and they get mad at us for teaching, and we simply say, pastor, worship leader, youth director, whoever you are, we're simply asking you to love your people enough to protect them. Amen. And then you will figure out what to do, and I'm more than willing to give plenty of uh, tips in this session and the next whatever you want to do. But it has to start with, okay, yeah, and Jimmy, what's going on. Let's wake up and let's love them and protect Yes, wake up. So we'll we'll hear some of those tips in our next seg- segment. My guest is retired police officer, officer and minister Jimmy Meeks. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor, SSI Guardian. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional, evidence-based, advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based, advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guest today is church safety expert Jimmy Meeks. Learn more about Jimmy at sheepdogseminars.com. So, Jimmy, we were talking about what church leaders need to know about this 
emergency safety plan, emergency action plan, emergency response plan, whatever they want to call it, what are some of the important elements that they need to be aware of? Well, once you've awakened, you know, and I said this earlier, you got to wake up first. I mean, uh, everything that you do every day in your life, everything is what you do after you wake up. So once you have awakened to the fact that, wow, we're losing somebody at church every 4.8 days, all these sex crimes, 20 plus a, a day that are reported, you know, uh, you know, then the church has to decide. And this, of course, happens amongst the leadership is, you know, what do we do? You know, if you have a lawyer, you certainly want to talk to them. You want to make sure that you're not breaking any, you know, Colorado laws. Now, Colorado's uh, kind of a liberal, so to speak, in terms of, who you can put on a team. You can use citizens with, you know, that have their permits and what have you, whereas in Texas, uh, you can't do that. You have to have, you know, licensed security officials that, you know, that they're serving as security if they are armed. But you want to go, you want to go slow. You don't want to be in a big hurry. You don't want to get in behind a pulpit or put out a email blast to the church. Hey, we're looking for a church security team. Do we have any volunteers? You want to use what we always say, Dr. Clark, the Jesus method. And people didn't choose to follow him. He chose them. He said, you've not chosen me. I've chose you. So once you find that person, you know, Pastor, if you find that person that uh, has those sheepdog instincts, that loves the flock, put him or her. Women wonderful at this. Women pick up on things all the time that men don't. Put that person in charge and let them so slowly gather together the members and then educate, you know, the members of your team, Mm -hmm. educate them on what's going on. And there's never been more material material available on protecting the flock than there is now. I mean, there are books and CDs and seminars and conferences and conventions and the internet. There's so much material available. Start putting together your team and then address those things that you, that you need to do based on what's happening. I don't get into, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a guest on nobody's show that wants to talk about evacuation based on weather or anything like that. I mean, if there's a tornado coming, you probably ought to get out of the way. <laughs> but we're not losing people, the tornadoes at churches. They strike them, but, you know, they're not killing people for the most part. You want to look at what's going on and say, okay, once you get this team together, where are you going to station yourself out on Sunday morning? Who's guarding? Who's with the preacher? What if you have a preacher that's on television or radio that's high profile? Uh, you, you never know. You saw what happened a couple of weeks ago in France. A couple of terrorists beheaded a priest right there in the service uh, in front of people. I and mean, it was just an awful experience. So who, who do you have assigned to the preacher? Who is in the children's area? Who's monitoring the parking lot? You know, you have a much greater chance of a crime occurring in the parking lot than the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Much, if not most, of what we document takes place in the parking lot. And Jimmy, get be- out there before they come. Before they get inside the church, they have to have come through the parking lot. So wouldn't that they be did. a, a good place did. to have some eyes? You know, nobody's gonna. Yes, ma'am. You're exact. Nobody's gonna land on your roof in the helicopter and drop <laughs> down the chimney. Mm-hmm. You know, this ain't a Santa Claus thing. This <laughs> is a get in the parking lot, be observant, welcome people. We we tell people to and be Christ-like. Don't act like some. Secret service, some some sanctified secret service agent wearing your sunglasses, <laughs> your arms folded, and you're off in the corner. Get out there greeting the people. Get a feel for who's showing up. Uh, get out there before people arrive. 
monitor that thing during the service and stay there, you know, until people are gone. This is a holy, a sacred thing that you're doing protecting the flock. And then make sure that's your first perimeter, by the way, your parking lot. Make sure you're in the foyer. Take note of who's coming in the door. And we've told some churches, you know, once the service begins, continue to monitor the door, but go ahead and lock it from the inside where Mm. people cannot get in without assistance. And don't tell anybody you've locked, but hey, it's okay. Lock the door. We've had people get upset about that. Well, make sure you're monitoring the door. Don't lock it and leave it. Mm -hmm. Stay there. Open the door to anybody that comes in. Because you're trying to, this is just good crime prevention stuff, Dr. Clark, you're trying to deter. Yes. If a door's locked and somebody's coming, you've got time to react. I think that's an excellent tip, leaving it locked and making sure someone's there to open it, but it's locked. If if someone comes in that that you're not comfortable with, it's already locked. I knew a man that came to church, and they weren't monitoring the locked door, and he couldn't get in. He left. He said, this church is full of fear. I'm not coming here anymore. Now, that man is foolish for thinking that way. He Mm. He should have been appreciative of the love that the church had for him. He was totally wrong in that. Mm-hmm. But hey, don't you know? Don't give offense. How many times is that in the Bible? You know, a couple hundred times. Yeah. Just uh, stay by the door. And that's and you're looking to deter. Yeah, that's part of the the issue. Is on the one hand, as as you've stated, we think, okay, this is the house of God. Nothing bad will happen. And on the other hand, because we're a, we're church folks, so to speak, we have to welcome everybody under every circumstance. But that's not true. If someone is showing up and it's clear that they're carrying a, a, a weapon, that they, they, that they look suspicious, it's okay to stop them and talk with them and, 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 um, exactly. and, and investigate, I mean, assess. Private, that's beautiful, Dr. Clark. I mean, church is a private property. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a few weeks ago, uh, the end of March, I think it was actually, no, it was Easter Sunday in Memphis, Tennessee, one of the biggest churches in the country, one of the greeters see somebody come, and she can tell he has a gun. Mm-hmm. She notifies the head of security, and you probably know this story, and they detain him. He takes off running. He drops his bag. You know, he wanted to know how to get to the balcony. Well, he had a gun on him, and he had a rifle in his bag, mm. and he wanted to go to the balcony. Now, two and two is easy to figure out, and that ought to be easy to figure out, too, what he's doing. But somebody was being observant, and this is what we say to the parking lot patrol, if you want to call it that, or foyer patrol. You are an eyes and ears team. You are an eyes and ears team. You are watching for anything out of the ordinary. If people come in, you don't know who they are. They're watching. They're looking around, and then they leave. You know, I'm going to pay special attention to that. We, a few years ago, at a church in my area, we saw somebody doing that, and they, and they stopped him. One thing led to another. The police got involved. They checked his criminal history, and he had a history of making bombs. And we have had bombs go off at churches mm. and faith-based property. I mean. Donated property? Does your church take donated property? Mm. Salvation Army in Arizona not too long ago turned on a donated flashlight. It exploded. Uh, A bomb had been put in it. And this has happened in Maryland. It's happened in Austin, Texas. It's happened in Arizona. You're going to see this more and more. That was one of the things to watch for. Now, that's a whole other segment. But it's all about watching and listening, Mm -hmm. taking your time. You're in that parking lot. You're looking for anything out of the ordinary What's that guy doing here? How come he's not coming into the service? Right. Maybe me. And, and always confront people with, with two of you. Sir, is everything okay? Or are you going to come in today? No, I'm just going to stand out here. Well, is it okay to ask you what your intent is? I mean, you're, you're in our parking lot, and we're glad you're here, but right. could we talk about it? It's okay. Don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of shutting the kingdom off to somebody. That's mm-hmm. not what you're doing. You're protecting 
a flock. Right. We're getting a lot of reports, Dr. Clark. Another one came in yesterday of of people who have uh, showed up at churches and videotaping the services. And uh, this happened recently at another church. And I've had several of these now from around the country where people are showing up and they're videotaping the service. And uh, the most recent one, the, the police were called and they said, oh, we're studying Christianity. Mm. But they weren't. They're, these guys are videotaping the services. They're plotting something. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody needs to be videotaping your services other than the people that you might have paid to do so right. here on TV right. or what have you. And let, let, me, uh, let, me, let me interject here because we're going to run out of time. I want to just briefly talk about um, child safety, and we'll just have to have you back and do a whole program on that topic. But I wanted to. I want you to fly me out there. Oh, happy to do that. (laughs) I let you know. We won't get any snow here. Yeah. Well, you know, Proverbs four says, "In all you're getting, get understanding," and that's what we're doing here today. Proverbs four though goes on to talk about the path of the wicked, the way of evil, the bread of wickedness, the wine of violence, and so. I think that's the Bible, mm. as you've quoted some other scriptures, we've got to get <laughs> understanding, and that is one of our best protections um, against violence and evil. And I think you've made that point very well. And I think it, it certainly applies to keeping our children safe as well. Uh, Jimmy, we just have about a minute. Um, what, can you, what can you tell us about keeping our children safe? Just in- well, what we tell people is to use what's called a crime triangle. King Solomon taught it years ago. Hmm. I quoted it earlier, the prudent foresee danger and take precautions. Mm -hmm. These sex crimes are not going to stop, Dr. Clark. They're not going to stop. 54% of ministers look at pornography. 68% of men who go to church look at pornography. These are feeding sex crimes. They're going to continue to happen. The church needs to heed Solomon in Proverbs 27, 12. I just quoted it. Foresee possible danger. Mm -hmm. Take precautions. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, don't just count on background checks. A male pedophile doesn't get caught till 151 times, a female 54. Look for every possible place where you can be struck and then remove that opportunity. Those are the three words I wish mm. your listeners would take home today with them. Remove the opportunity. Don't go by discernment. Don't go by, well, the Lord told me he's okay. No, don't go by that. The best of the saints have been fooled. Only Jesus was never fooled. Uh, so remove the opportunity and never let the kids, ever let the kids, when they're on your watch, make sure you're not the only one with them. Always mm-hmm. make sure there's a minimum of two people so that you can have accountability to one another and focus on the removal of the opportunity. opportunity. When you look at all these sex crimes, that's what's happening. Yes. The opportunity was intact. It was not removed. Amen. A wise, wise, wise counsel from a wise man and a, and a lover of the people, of the sheep. Jimmy Meeks, thank you so much for being my guest. You can learn more about Jimmy Meeks at sheepdogseminars.com. Uh, Jimmy, thank you for sharing your expertise and wisdom with us today. It's a privilege to be on. Thank you, Dr. Clark. Thank you. Uh, My guest again has been Jimmy Meeks. I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well. Check out. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living Well with Dr. Peg is brought to you by SSI Guardian, who has set the new standard in advanced safety education. If you'd like to learn more about the show, our sponsor, or mental health consulting and publishing services, visit www.drpegradio.com. Remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS-FM for Living Well with Dr. Pegg.